You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. All right, you're here. I'm here. Let's do this. This is the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and you know exactly what this is about. This is about bringing all of the best parts of our hobby and the casual and fluff sides of the Warhammer uh, 40k and Age of Sigmar games together and just kind of chilling out, hanging out, and having a good time. Occasionally there might be a laugh, occasionally there might be a fart joke, and occasionally Loremaster Alex kind of shits himself. So I uh, have a lot of things, as always, I say this every time, but then again I have a lot of things to cover each time. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm the Pimpcron, if in case you didn't know that. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I'm from Bell of Lost Souls. I have a weekly column on there. I am the proprietor of Shorehammer, which is a uh, convention in Ocean City coming up uh, November 30th to December 2nd. And it would be awesome if you are in the Mid-Atlantic region to come hang out with us. It's a very, very cheap vacation. Um, Ocean City, Maryland is a great resort place, even in the off-season. The hotels are super cheap. And our tickets are super cheap, and it is the only casual and fluff player convention that I know of for Warhammer. We have a bunch of tournaments, and we have painting competitions, and things like that. But, that is enough of that. So, uh, tonight we have some fan mail about choosing a Necron color scheme. And that is uh, from a listener. We also have... Um, a guide on running demos as our main topic. And I have been running demos for years and years. I really, really enjoy it. It's That's my jam. And that uh, I've accumulated several tips over the years on how to do that exactly. And uh, there's a, well, here's an idea on getting the most out of your hobby store discounts. And that might sound weird, but my wife, uh, Miss Cron, is an expert at screwing the man, and by that I mean using discounts and coupons and promotional codes and whatnot. And if you've never been to a hobby store, you actually have a lot of things that you can use in our hobby, from terrain to sometimes miniatures to um, foliage or whatnot, even paints and brushes. So you may want to listen to that because I'm terrible at actually trying to line up deals, and she's really good at it. So listen to her and follow her advice. I also have a want that, want that not on Dracolines or Dracolines. Hmm. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Dracoline. I kind of like that. Anyway, that was dumb. And <clears throat> we have a get brutal with the Pimpcron discussing my uh, skirmish war game, which is brutality skirmish war game. And we're discussing a huge, humongous creature called the Maw. And I enjoy it. Hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. And you are going to sit back and do your thing and listen to what we're saying. And I think you're going to be better for it. I think this is really going to be the highlight of uh, your day, your week, maybe even your year. Or maybe you'll hate it. Either way, call me on the Pimpcron hotline or email me at pimpcron at gmail.com. Or you can even message me on facebook.com slash pimpcron and, you know, give us some feedback. That's where we get our uh, Tesseract mailbox, our fan mail. And that would be really cool to hear from you, whether you have something that you want to say, you know, about the hobby or something about a mission or asking general blogging questions or convention questions or whatnot. So I think I've held up this program enough for tonight so why don't we just dive right into it let's do it let's open the tesseract mailbox hey y'all i just checked my sundial guess what time it is it's time for the tesseract mailbox this is the pimp cron i'm joined today by mrs cron mrs cron that's right no relation <laughs> I'm your sister. <laughs> anyway, mail, mail. Let's pull the mail out. All right, whip that mail out. <laughs> Who's that from? Okay. So we have uh, John Kane. Hey, John McCain. No, Kane with a K. 
Oh. Like I Cain thought it was from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that sorry. was rude. Rest that in was peace. really bad. Yeah. That was bad. Okay, so he. Um, I'm assuming John is a he. Whoa, whoa! Check your privilege. We'll just say it's John. Who John. Knows? John says. I have been in Warhammer for a few years now, but have just started Necroms, which apparently is your prime, isn't that your prime army or your favorite army? That was my very first army, and that's kind of my persona, so it's kind of a big deal. So he wants to know, what are some color schemes you would suggest? For Necrons. For Necrons, yeah. Well, Senator McCain, I... (laughs) Sorry. Cain with a K, like John, like, like Cain and Abel. Type it's Cain with a K. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, John. So, um, of course, you can go with the regular metal, you know, metallic look for Necrons. But honestly, you know, that was the the deal. That was the jam for like fifteen years. Everybody just did regular metal Necrons. Like everything you could either, um, of course, you could, you know, do what you're supposed to do, prime it black or whatever, and then coat it in silver and dry brush it and blah 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 but a lot of people would just spray paint a undercoat of um lead belcher when gw i don't know if gw still makes spray primers or not but um i know army painter does and they would spray it with a a metallic you know silver and then you could wash it with a, a nuln oil or the black or whatever um that is actually falling out of favor in recent times the, you can find it in the Necron Codex that they have like a million different chapters and they're not called chapters. What are they called? Dynasties, I think they are. And um, the different dynasties have different uh, colors. So if you're a real stickler on, you know, you chose this chapter tactic for your army or um, dynasty tactic, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you're always going to run it this way, then some people are real sticklers for the paint scheme and go, well, then you got to be, if you're Sutek, then you're Sutek. you got to paint them like the Sutek colors. Um, I don't do that because I like to change the army chapter tactic that I use each game. And plus I have my own uh, Necron scheme and all of that. So I always thought pink and purple would be a pretty cool scheme to go with. Pink and purple? Yeah, it could yeah, be. Like um, a neon pink and purple? So, um, if you look in the book, there's several different schemes that I really like. I particularly like the Egyptian scheme. They have this, like, um, burnished gold and aqua or teal, and it looks really, really cool. It's that Egyptian scheme that, um, I, I don't know what it is about. It actually reminds me of Tomb Kings. Tomb Kings was a army in Warhammer Fantasy, and um, they were skeletons from the desert, mm. and uh, they were all gold and teal and all that. It was pretty cool. Ultimately, it's whatever your, um, you know, your interest is or whatever. But one of the things that I do is I have so many different armies that I do not want to paint two armies the same colors. So what so I... you just buy more paints so that I, you can paint them different colors. Yes, I buy more paints, and um, but that's inevitable. That's just going to keep happening. So well, I know. I've seen all the stuff in your drawers. I know it's just going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. <laughs> Um, plus your children leave the lids off them and dry them out. They so. do. Apparently they dry out really quick, right? Uh, yeah. The GW paint, the lids, um, are known to not quite stick quite right. Um, and they dry out. But, um, anyway, so really it's, it's up to you. I would suggest if you have other armies and you said you've been, well, he said he's been playing for a while, right? For a few for years. For a few years. Yeah. I guess that's a good So thing. he's about to start a Necron army. Okay. Well, I would definitely pick a color that you have not been painting your other armies because that's what I do. Like when I was starting my Dark Eldar, uh, I was doing, uh, I decided I wanted to do an all red and black army and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, My Space Marines are green. uh, My Necrons are purple and gold. uh, My Imperial Guard is gray. uh, I'm trying to think. My Tyranids are black and blue. And I always just make sure I was actually, um, you know, I already had these other armies. So I was like, well, I definitely, if I'm doing black and blue Tyranids, I don't also want to do black and blue Space Marines. Like that would just drive me crazy. Well, here's an idea. You could actually do them your favorite football team. Oh, actually, you know, that is a really good thing to farm. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Like um, in our neck of the woods is the Ravens. Purple and black could look pretty cool Mm -hmm. um, for any army, really. Red Uh, and gold, isn't that a... Red and gold is the, uh, you're talking about uh, redskins. Redskins, yeah. Yeah, they're like a um, like a maroon or yeah. A, yeah, but um really I mean if you have a favorite sports team that is actually a really good idea, um 
So I would love to see like a uh, Miami Dolphins, you know, the, the aqua cool. and orange. But um, so anyway, it's all up to you. But one thing I would finally suggest is that make sure that you keep it very simple because you don't want to have to do 17 different layers of this color mixed with that color, etc. And then have to try to match that later on and make sure you have the exact same color. And also you don't want it to be an absolute chore for every single model you paint. So the name of the game for all of my stuff is simplicity and how fast can I get it painted? So um, I that's basically all I got to say. I appreciate you writing in, John. And um, I got another one to whip out. Uh, let's... let's <laughs> <laughs> mail. I have another mail to whip another out. Another mail to... Can we do this in like a minute or two? Can we get it yes. done? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but, what, but wait a second. I'm sorry. Nah. I thought you were ready to cancel this, like, stop the vo- the voice here. Nah, let, nah let's, let's, let's wait for the next time. Okay. Anyway, thanks for writing in, Mr. Kane. Later. Want that or want that not? Welcome to another edition of Want That or Want That Not. I am the Pimpcron, and you are the other person listening to this podcast so that fell on its face so this is want that or want that not and this is the section of the show where we either praise or take the piss out of gw's new releases today i am covering the stormcast eternals evocators on celestial draco lines that is a mouthful hold on stormcast eternals evocators on celestial draco lines might be evocators Evoke, evocators, 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 like they evoke something, or evocators, like they're evocative. Hmm, you see that old man that's leading the group? I think he's pretty evocative. Anyway, whether they are evocators, or evocators, evocators, or evocators, something like that, on celestial dracolines. So if you see these models, these are basically like the uh, dracolith, uh, dracothian guard, I think they're called, something like that for Stormcast. I have some, and I don't even know what they're called. The um, So, you know, we're familiar with the dracoliths, the, um, or dracoths, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just screwing all this up today. I am, I am not on my... Not on my A-game, but you know what? I don't blame me. I blame GW because they name these things so freaking weird that I don't ever know how to say anything. So, these things must be in the same family as Dracoths because these are Draco lines. I guess that's like a Dracoth feline, I'm assuming, because... You know, feline animals often have, like, shorter snouts than canine animals, and these are Draco lions, and these do have slightly shorter snouts than the Dracoths. So, or who knows, it might be Dracoth. God knows. I don't know. And, I don't know. I mean, these these are just kind of more of the same, honestly. Number one, I will make it known that I am not at all impressed with this uh was it sacrosanct i think that's what it is uh the sacrosanct units i bought the starter set and and this is just more of that now hopefully dear god please make this the case that these i have not looked at these rules that these are better than the rest of the sacrosanct whatever bullshit dracolines these are kind of neat um, they're clearly some sort of reptilian. They've got scales. They've got claws. They've got kind of a derpy face, in my opinion. They got buck teeth, like a like a somebody with buck teeth. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to think of the late night host. The, that he's no longer the late night host. Whatever. So they've got buck teeth. Let's say like Mike Tyson. And they're riding these just like the Dracoth riders ride those. And they've got the staffs and the swords. Like the some other weirdly named unit. I'm not even going to try. I don't remember who they are. But the um, from the starter set. 
And I really like the motif of these. I really like the staff and sword. I like that little combo. I like that they've got their... Um, I'm assuming this unit probably has a spell just like the other unit does. Um, I, I really like all of that. And for some reason, the symbol on the staff is really striking me. I really like this symbol. The kind of spiky star kind of thing. But all in all, I don't know. I mean, especially being the sacrosanct stuff is kind of bullshit. And I, I mean, all of their abilities only work with the Sacrosanct people. They don't work with Stormcast units. So that kind of irritates me. And it's, it's almost like this, and maybe this was the intention. I don't follow Age of Sigmar like some other people do. So maybe this was the intention all along. But it seems like the Sacrosanct people were meant to be like a Blood Angels or a Space Wolves of Space Marines. Where they are Stormcast Eternals, but all of their stuff only suits them. It doesn't suit all Stormcast Eternals. Um, I, maybe that was, maybe that wasn't the case. But all in all, I think these are just kind of blah. They're a little different than a Drakoth, that's great, you know, but I don't know. I'm just really, really not digging it. Now, they do have another paint scheme on the website, which is pretty sweet. I It kind of changes my mind that, um, you know, the blue and gray color scheme is just very blah with the gold, but they've got a pretty sweet looking light orange and black scale ones, and they look a little more like what you would think a lion would look like or a something with line in its name like feline and they're looking pretty sweet but it still doesn't really take away from the fact that I think that these are $60 for three of them which is kind of on par with everything else and I just don't they're not really striking me they're not really doing much for me uh, I don't know what I expected out of this I didn't you know I don't don't really know how they would improve on this I just kind of feel like unless this thing rules wise has something amazing to it that I would not even bother. And you probably all know that I am by far not the most uh, competitive gamer, but you know, my, my units that I buy at least have to do something. And I haven't even looked at these rules. I would have to say being that I don't like the rest of the, I'll say chapter or chamber that they're attached to. I don't like those rules. And I think the Dracolines themselves are very blah and uninteresting. And the people are just regular Stormcast. I mean, they've got robes, but big whoop. I am going to say I want that not. I don't think I will give these people time of day. I don't think they look bad, per se. I just, I just yawn when I see them. They're just blah. So there you have it, people. I say I want that knot, and this is one of the first times that I have said I want that knot on something, because generally speaking, I like most of what GW does, but there we have it. Now, here's an idea. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Pimpcron, and today for Well, Here's an Idea, I'm joined by my lovely counterpart, Cronet. Cronette, I thought it was Mrs. Cron. Or, no, Mrs. Cron, that's fine, Mrs. Cron, that's fine. Um, so this is Mrs. Cron, and this is the Pimp Cron, and we wanted to talk to you about uh, exactly how you can take advantage of craft stores. And uh, this is the most frugal lady that I know, and she's very good at uh, finding a deal, and she's also a frequenter of craft stores. This is a topic very near and dear to my heart, actually. Yes. So um, before we get into exactly how to exploit these poor, poor giant corporations, <laughs> um, I wanted to mention, you know, if people don't go to hobby stores very often, what exactly can we find in the hobby store that is applicable to Warhammer and Wargaming? Well, you know, I love Warhammer and Wargaming. Absolutely, you yeah, too. It, it, it's <laughs> encompassing my life more than I wish. But um, in, in all the craft stores, you can pretty much find everything you want, whether it be like um, uh, terrain or if you're doing a, uh, what's it called when you proxy, when you go in and you... That's proxying. Okay, yeah. so when you like proxy, say if you want to make a, a food army, like they've got miniature foods. A food army. Like if you want to make like a mini mouse army, you could probably find like enough mice or if you wanted to make a creature army, something that was not normally sold in a GW box, as long as you have the stands, you could probably find the correct size and put them on the bases. Okay, so for Brutality Act, have done that I've bought a package of little animals 
and I wanted to use regular models and then cut the heads off and put little animal heads on. And you know I've, I've done that. I've got like a, a lion with a giant sword and a giraffe lady and a bunch of stuff. But uh, number one, scale, obviously, you have to pay attention to. But I found ones that actually fit the scale pretty well. The issue was is that they were a little rubbery. So if you're going to buy something like that as a proxy model... But, you know, what they do have, and I've used as well, is those bigger proxy models, mm -hmm. those PVC miniatures. Yeah, you cut the head off a lion. Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah, I found, I found the body. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the and kids played with the body for a while. It was a little traumatizing. <laughs> with um, the lion's corpse. With the lion's corpse. Good. But, I mean, there's more than just models you can buy there. I mean, you, if you want to make terrain, like... You can find the bushes, you can find the flowers, you could find trees. Because balsa wood. Balsa wood, you could use your foam board, or a lot of times for, if you're going to make a solid piece to sit on the, on the game board, you could use uh, the canvas, uh, flat canvases that they have. Oh, oh yeah. And build on them. The painting canvases. Yep, yeah. if you really wanted to get creative, they have the clays um, that will dry. So you can pretty much... Well, not to mention also all the paints. Well, they have all the paints as now, well. Now, they have a ton of paints. That's also where I buy all of my brushes because mm -hmm. they have very cheap uh, packages of brushes that are just fine. You can get like 14 brushes for like 5 or $8. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. And their paint is very, very cheap compared to GW Paint. You get like five or six times the amount of paint for half the cost. But the issue with that is, and when I first started Warhammer, I was much cheaper. And I thought, well, paint is paint. And it is... To some effect, they have all the colors that GW has basically um, as acrylics. But the issue with that is, is there the pigment density is not as much as uh, GW paints. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, you had that one white paint. The white paint was so thick; it was the thick body paint. Uh, uh he heavy body, I think. Yeah, heavy body paint. Yeah, I used to use that a little bit, but it became the model. Yes, it was very thick. Yeah. I actually had to thin it down. And but you know what I realized over the years is that it's just not even worth it to uh, fight with all of that just to save a dollar. You know, because GW Paints, honestly, the Citadel Paints, I really like. I know there's other companies out there, but that's what I use. Well, if people are starting out, you know, the craft store brands, the acrylics, they're probably not so bad. They aren't, but you're going to have to do several paints, uh, several coats on a model uh, to make it look good. But So that brings us, um, so there's basically a million different things at these craft stores, whether it's Michaels or Benjamin Franklin or Hobby Lobby or any of those. And, um, you know, also they've got the fairy gardens. Yeah, the fairy gardens, you can get um, all sorts of fairy houses. You can get wooden houses that are probably very similar. There's a castle that I know of that opens up. It's supposed to be like a child's play castle. It's all balsa wood that's pre-cut and everything has the hinges. Nice. And you can actually open it and sell it. I don't, depends on who's, what they're using it for, but... Um, well, my suggestion for that is to make sure it's, um, the scale fits, is to actually check the door size. That's the biggest issue because, you know, windows can be bigger or smaller, kind of doesn't matter. But the door size, if it's way too big or way too small, that's really going to hurt you. And the other day I was at Michael's and I saw an awesome resin tree. Mm -hmm. It was a resin pre-painted tree. It was like $10 or something. And it was a nice size tree. I almost left with it, but I decided not to because I, I, I'm already a tree hugger. I own a whole pallet of trees. You do? So, yeah. So anyway... Um, without much further ado, um, obviously there are a million things we can use in this hobby and for our armies and for our train and whatnot, but these places tend to be a bit expensive. They do. You got to look in the sales bins and believe it or not, I've bought for you a couple times. I don't know why I continue to encourage your habit, but a couple times <laughs> I've gone into the sales bin and they've had the powdered grass stuff. Oh, the flock. The flock. Yeah. For like $2 for like a huge container of it. Um, so a lot of times it, it may be out of season. Okay, well, now it's spring and they're getting rid of their orange and brown fall colored flock. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you can get things like that for a discount or significantly reduced price. And Well, you know what I got? One of my best things to um, supplement my trees, my uh, terrain trees one time, is that if you wait until, you know, they have those uh, little train villages for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they sell entire packages of these snow-covered trees. And that's all well and good, except they're snow-covered. If you don't want snow-covered, what you do, and this is what I did, is you wait until they go on sale, because it's after Christmas, and then you spray-paint those trees green. Oh, that's funny. So you just cover up the uh, <laughs> cover snow up with the green. Cover up the snow with green. And it works perfectly well. And I got a bunch of trees that way. So that's another thing to do. But 
how exactly does one go about now you know i have no patience for coupons or discounts or anything i'm going to go in there and buy it if it happens to be on sale sure but i'm not going to go out of my way to do that because i'm lazy and stupid so please tell us the best way to get uh better deals on things like how often do they have sales like let's say michael's which is nearby so Michael's is the biggest one that I tend to go to, and Michael's has a sale almost every weekend. Not maybe only 20% off your total order, or maybe 20% off a single item, but if you keep an eye out, like today and yesterday and a couple weeks ago, they had a 40% off one single item, or they'll have a 20% off your entire order, including those sale items. That makes a huge difference. Um, usually you can go onto their website and find that. I believe they also have an app you can uh, download. I guarantee Hobby Lobby and Ben Franklin or whatever your local craft store is that's a franchise has something similar. Um, and they always have a sale aisle or a sale Ben or something that's discount priced, which makes a huge, huge difference. Now, when do they tend typically tend to have sales? Is this a weekly thing, or is this a monthly thing, or what? It's usually several times a month, but it's also like any consumer holiday, um, or any ho national holiday. Um, Even it, stupid ones, like Columbus Day. Columbus or, Day, yeah. Valentine's Day, um, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Yeah. Not that those are stupid, but I mean, those, those are generally no, when they stupid. tend to have. No, they're stupid. You're fine. You're fine. They're stupid. <laughs> But Christmas, I mean, is huge. I mean, it's not even Halloween, and they're putting Christmas stuff out. Yeah, yeah, and they so and they they cut the discounts pretty deep too. Like you said, forty percent is a pretty huge discount. Well, the coolest thing about it is, so if I go in there and I buy ten items, if I really wanted to be picky, I could technically check out ten separate times and use the same coupon ten times. And if you get a jerk at the register who doesn't want to work with you, you simply just have a stock and you just keep going in circles and going to the end of the line. So it really depends on how much <laughs> you want to pay for the items. If you're willing to, to go through the hassle of going in a circle for 40% off an item, I mean, heck, if an item is $100, we're yeah. talking $40 discount. So that was it, some quick maths. Maths, I know. Yeah, I'm, maths. I'm good at maths. Yeah. Uh, so, but it really all depends on what you're willing to go through to get the discount. And sometimes, for example, it's a matter of looking for certain things and realizing when something's on sale and when you're willing to pay the price. And it's it's See, not always the hardest thing. That's way too much forethought for me. I just run in there and, and do whatever. But if somebody was smarter than me, they would follow your advice. Um, now, they don't take the coupon when you use a coupon for something. You can actually get it on your phone. So what I do is I pull up the website and I do a screenshot where oh. it saves it to, as a picture and in my phone. And they scan it. And they scan it. Now, they have to – I went in today and um, you can tell I like Michael's. I was actually there today and yesterday. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, so anyway, so I went in today and I my phone had died. So I did ask them – my phone had died if they had any extra coupons and the answer was no. So I was kind of – you know, I should just put the stuff down or thrown at the person and walked out the door. But I decided that was Is a little – Is that why you got arrested? No, no, that was because I, I pulled down my pants and peed in the parking lot. <laughs> peed in the parking lot. <laughs> but uh, no, no, that was public indecency. <laughs> Ironically, with, with our littlest one there, so I don't know why they didn't. Well, well, she different. was peeing in the parking lot, she was. Too. She had to pee, too, so we went with the flow. Anyway, um, but no, you got to have something to scan. Um, I know when I went the other day with my mom, she had a coupon, and the woman asked her, do you want this back because you can use it tomorrow? So, and then you were like, bitch, I'll use it right now. <laughs> no, I've pulled out my phone. I'm like, here, got this. I got this on screenshot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much, but I, like I said, I usually use Michael's. I guarantee that Hobby Lobby rotates very similarly. Um, department wise, you could probably ask or go on the website. They'd be able to help you out. I have a completely semi unrelated story about another big chain and discounts mm -hmm. or whatever. It was during a snowstorm, and they had, it was at Home Depot. This mm -hmm. was not Hobby Lobby. They don't sell uh, rock salt. Uh, it, I was having to get a bunch of bags of rock salt because we were going to put it on the driveway and all of that for um, uh, the snow. And, of course, you know, everybody's trying to get rock salt, so they had it on this pallet near the cash register. And I decided they had no sign saying limit one per person or whatever, so I just loaded up the rest of it because it was just a little bit left. It was maybe five bags or six bags or whatever. And uh, I, I go up there and the woman's like, oh, sorry, we're only limiting this one per person. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy all this now. 
And she's like, no, no, just one per person. I said, okay, well, I guess I can unload all of this, check out one bag, put that in my truck, come back, and check out another bag and put that in my truck, and then come back and check out another bag. And she goes, oh, that would be stupid. I'm like, yeah, it would. And I just just stared at her. And then she's like, whatever. And then she checked it out. She had to at least say it, dude. You know, if she didn't say it, it'd be like the undercover boss where she's like, I'm taking the rest of this pallet of salt. Yeah, I'm you like, 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 do you want to like, sell the salt or what? So anyway, anyway, that's just uh, another thing. Uh, side note, you know, check out your Dollar Tree. A lot of times, as silly as it is, you can get some stuff at Dollar Tree. Um, you might be surprised. Things rotate. Things are on discount. Things are sold out. Um, we have an Ollie's around us. Ollie's has some cool stuff now and then. As far as like just general hobby, not so much Warhammer. So like your cheap stores, like yeah. your over, uh, what's it called, Overstock mm-hmm. stores, yeah. Um, and I know that um, like Dollar Tree has. Exacto knives and foam board. They've got and, little toys, sometimes little yeah. figures. So yet again, you can use them as proxies. Um, they may not be everything you want, and unfortunately, if you don't have as many as you want to f- to finish your army, you may not be able to find them elsewhere. I probably that's probably the biggest problem is that you get what you get, and you may not get any more. Yeah, but for the price, whatever. So. Thank you again, Cronet or Miss Cron, for joining me here and lending your expertise on screwing the man. (laughs) (laughs) Adios. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Hey, listen up. I've got a secret. Uh, It's about the Patreon. Okay. I have started releasing exclusive missions and eventually campaign trees and maps for my patrons on a monthly basis. That's right. And eventually we're going to have a publication where we collect all of those together and the the patrons will have a free access to the PDFs and get discounts on the paperback and whatnot. So I just wanted to pass that along. Uh, I know you've never, ever heard me mention Patreon before, but if you love freedom and you love America, and even if you don't love those two things, go to patreon.com slash pimpcron. You know what? I can't even say my own name. Slash pimpcron and uh, support whatever causes are dear to you by supporting me. What's going on, brothers and sisters? This is the Pimpcron. And in tonight's episode of Real Talk with the Pimpcron, I will be podcasturbating. That's right, I am all by myself, and I am ready to tell you things that you did not know. Tonight, what I will be covering is how to really hook in those new players, the noobs, the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, wet-behind-the-ears people. Yeah, those people. Anyway, the people that don't play Warhammer yet, basically. And I uh, I have several things that I want to add about this, because I am the demo player, and I am the new player introducer for our group, whatever that term would be. I am the, gosh, what would that be? The initiator? No. The inductor. Yeah, the inductor. Um, call me Mr. Inductor. And... I um, am usually in charge of running the demos for new people when they want to join our group or when they find out what 40k is and they'd like to test it out. So there are certain things that I've developed as kind of a um, game plan in how to draw in new players. I would like to cover those things now. May I? Well, thank you. Um, first of all, let's say with the, uh, game size, you do not want to play a huge game because until you actually get into the game, like we all have, and you're a fan of the game, real long four hour games are going to just turn off a new player completely. So what I would suggest is, um, no more than a thousand points. Honestly, for a demo of a brand new fresh player, I would not even play a thousand points. Honestly, you probably want to stick to like 750 points or 500 points. Um, and uh, that's, that's basically it as far as um, 
you know, you don't want to include like a, a crap ton of combos or, you know, stacking abilities or this and that, you know, like chapter master chapter masters allow you to reroll ones or actually reroll hits, that sort of thing. And um, I just think that's completely not the point of showing them how cool this game is. Now, of course, you know, on their second game or their third game or something like that, I would certainly say, yes, you should start introducing those things. But for their very first demo game, what you're just trying to do is give them the gist of how fun this game can be. So if they um, enjoy themselves in this game, then hopefully they will come back again and again and again, and you will sink your claws deep into them, and you will hook them and just reel them in like a giant tuna. So you want the game to be small, and you also want the game to be pretty simple. You don't want a million different rules, a million different units, things like that. So I would actually not only stick to small points, but I would also stick to small number of units. So um, maybe not more than five units total per army. Um, or, you know, if they were larger units, sure. But you also don't want to be min-maxing. You really don't want to have to worry too much about synergies or things of that nature um there's no reason to you know be giving people um all kinds of craziness because remember they don't know how to play this game yet so you're trying to teach them just the basics of movement phase and you know magic phase or the hero phase in age of, age of sigmar or movement shooting assault that sort of thing you just want to teach them the basics so you know there's um i'm sure there's some law out there about when people's eyes glaze over when you are talking to them and they are trying to absorb new information we really can't absorb that much information at one time without reading it or something a bit more tangible so when you're just spouting off all these you know numbers and names and point values and strength and toughness and ap and and you know oh he rerolls ones and then he you know on a six is this or that or just just forget all of that for a demo game it really is not relevant and matter of fact 80% of it they're not even going to remember. They're not going to walk away from their first game going, oh, that's what a Rending Claw does. No, they don't care. They just want the gist of it. So what you want it to be is fast and loose and fun. You don't need to be looking through the rule book every five seconds because of some sort of technical error or technicality. And that would bore the hell out of them. Um, that bores the hell out of me, and I've been playing for quite some time. So, once again, you just stick to the basics. Um, in previous editions, I used to say just completely ignore the psychic phase. Remember when you had all the warp charge dice and you had to generate all of these different points and warp charges and all that bullshit? I just completely ignored psychic for the most part, even in my normal games that weren't demos. I just completely ignored the psychic phase. Um, but really what you want to get you know, in their head is... Where, where do they find the movement value for their units? What does movement, how do you measure from model to model? You know, what is line of sight? Um, all of those basic things that, you know, they, they want to get the gist of. But you got to make sure the game keeps moving. Um, that being said, you need to make up the lists for them. Do not give them a book and a calculator and go, here, have fun, because they're going to have no idea what they're doing. So the best thing you should do is if you don't own two armies, um, even split up your own army if you wanted to. But um, I would uh, make both armies and heavily slant it in the uh, side of the demo person or the, the person being demoed for. And what I mean by that is, is that we do know that, you know, you can get several orcs for the same cost of just a few space marines, that sort of thing. But for a new player, they're not going to readily notice that. So, of course, you're going to say that, oh, you know, I get a bunch of orcs for each one of your space marines, but maybe you don't take as many orcs. You intentionally are going to lose this game, or tie, at best. You are not going to win this game. If you win this game, you run the risk of running them off. And I know I've had this conversation with people before, and people get all offended and say that it's underhanded, and it's shady, and blah, 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 but you know what? What you're trying to convey to them is the gist of how fun this game can be. And I think we'll all agree that winning is fun. Not all of us care about winning all the time, but that's pretty irrelevant because you want the noob to win. 
So what I would do is ask them first, what interests you? What army do you like? What army do you think looks cool? All these types of questions, and hopefully somebody in your gaming group, if it's not you, somebody in your gaming group would offer up a couple models for this person to play with. Um, I would also, you know, come to think of it, going back, I would also discourage team games for a demo. Because team games always run slower, regardless. And uh, Noob does not want to sit there through... Yeah, that's the same point of not making it, you know, 2,000-point game. You don't want to make it a multiplayer game either because, you know, um, unerringly, teammates will wait for each other to shoot when they should be shooting at the same time and all of that. What I would do is is try to figure out what army that interests them visually and or their play style you know like oh do you want to play swarms or do you want um do you want a few models but they're really elite and really tough you know do you want um custodes or do you want tyranids that sort of thing preferably it's much easier to slant it in their favor if you take the horny armies um not horny not the slanesh armies necessarily you could take slanesh armies and they're quite horny and horny but I would suggest something that has a lot of bodies because let's say that for the army they're playing, you get 10 models for every one of their art models. Let's say it's orcs versus custodes or something stupid. I don't know. Um, I'm not doing math here. This is not a math show. You cannot make me do math and I will be pissed off if you make me do math. So I'm just going to guess. Um, you get 10 models for every one of his. Okay. Well, instead of taking all 10 models against the noob for each one of his models points wise, why don't you take six models? Now, to him, it's going to seem no different because, oh, look at that. He's got, you know, five models to my every one. Wow, that's a horde. Well, he's not going to get the idea that that's actually um, a real, uh, that's not really the real horde. You know, the real horde would be 60 models or 100 or whatever. So that will help you slant it in his favor. Also, if things are doing poorly, like that person is um, uh, rolling really shitty or something like that, you can like openly cheat. Just forget whole portions of the game and just when they're convenient to them winning. And, um, you know, like, um, oops, I forgot my psychic phase with my four psychers, that sort of thing. Um, so you, you just want it to be in their favor the whole time, but don't give them the impression that you're just rolling over and dying. That would be completely undercutting what the whole point of this is. Um, also, you're going to want to give them a uh, portion control. You don't want to just... Don't don't even give them much fluff. Don't give them mu many rules. You know, give them the gist of, oh, Tyranids, they're a hive mind, you know, spread into the galaxy, blah, 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 hordes, big monsters. Guard, regular humans, bunch of troops, bunch of tanks, that sort of thing. Just give them the gist of it. Um, because... Once again, their eyes are going to, you know, uh, gloss over and they're just not going to have any idea what you're saying. Uh, also, the interesting thing is, is, you know, it seems to me like memory requires some knowledge of something. So, in other words, most people will not remember the specifics of their demo game. Even, let's say, that they get into the game and they're really big into it and they love Warhammer and all of that... Um, you know, months and weeks down the road, they're always going to look fondly on their demo game, but they're not going to remember the specifics, which is hilarious. I have done this time and time again, and I will pretty much, you know, like I said, every time lose with demos. And I've had so many people go, man, I really kicked your ass in that demo game. And I'm like, huh, yep, man, dice weren't in my favor. And meanwhile, I'm just cheating for them to win. But they still look fondly on that. And that really sticks with people as long as you play it off and don't tell them. So, you're not here to let them win. You have to make them win. And um, I, I've, I've covered that already, but the, the point is is that um, that will help them really enjoy it. And um, so that's pretty much all I can think of, um, all of the, you know, things that... Uh, also, you know you will want to explain going back to like portion control for information you will want to explain some of the mechanics of things you know like okay well look here on your data sheet and this is your to hit you need to roll this or higher on a d6 you know blah 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 but do not go into all the minutia of everything so 
it was suffice it to say if you measure in the per and the noobs model is within 12 inches and it's a rapid fire weapon just tell him he gets two shots like and if he asks questions sure fine explain it but do not drown him in that or that will turn him off now this was much worse in previous editions because you had you know decurion detachments and all kinds of data slates and you know supplements and everything else and all kinds of special words, uh, special keywords, universal special rules, and terrain rules, and oh god. So 8th edition is completely primed and ready to teach new people how to play because, you know, obviously by design, everything is right on that data sheet. And um, that really helps you a lot. So your takeaways from this. Keep it short and sweet. Don't drown them in rules and lore. Only tell them what you have to. They will... You, you want to make sure they have a good time and make sure they win. And that's basically it. People also really like close games. So if you can kind of fudge the rules a little bit and, you know, make it so that, oh, man, we almost tied, but you won by one point. People really like that. Now, you know, if you don't agree with me, you can go ahead and email or call any of my contact information in the show notes, and I may put that on the air. But... Honestly, I don't think anything is underhanded in this. Um, clearly, these people are adults. They know they're not going to win every single game. You know, that's that would just be stupid to assume that. So I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I think I'm getting people interested in it, and I'm highlighting the most fun aspects of this game. And then they've got the rest of their life to wade hip-deep through all kinds of rules and supplements and codexes and whatnot. So I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you put some of this to good use. And let me know via email or phone if this works for you or if you have any possible suggestions as well. Let's get brutal. What's up, Brutalites? This is the Pimpcron, and you're listening to Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, where I cover a portion of lore from my free rules, use your own models, skirmish war game with RPG light elements called brutality skirmish war game and today i want to cover something that's kind of reminiscent of star wars mythology in the uh what's called the mall first of all in the south of the fleshlands if you recall we spoke about the epic of crenel and ishtar punished him by making him into the fleshlands and they she stretched out his body and whatnot so he's still alive and he is an entire region of the continent as a warning to anybody else that might want to, um, you know, go against her. And uh, so the mall is to the south of the flesh line, flesh lands, and it is a terrible and humongous creature that is embedded in the ground. Its gigantic gaping mouth stretches at least 12 meters across with its massive mouth parts raised high in the air. It's got like big tusks almost. And, of course, this is reminiscent of the Sarlacc Pit. The entire esophagus of this creature is lined with corrosive fluids and teeth, and the throat spirals deep into the ground, and it's impossible to climb your way out of if you've fallen in. But this creature holds an even darker secret. The Oathsworn, which, if you recall, are kind of like the only thing similar to a police force that is in the Aether Realm. The Oathsworn use this massive beast as their final solution to criminals who have proven to be too much of a bother. They force a sleeping pill down the throat of their captive and push him over the edge and into his fate, forever sentenced to melting in stomach acid and rebirthing in constant agony. Now, of course, you know, much of the backstory of brutality is pretty, hmm, what would the word for it be? I guess brutal. Yeah, that, that fits. So, a lot of the backstory of brutality and the Aether Realm and Ishtar and all of that is very brutal. And the Oathsworn, I told you before, are pretty badass. They are like, each one of them is like a mini Chuck Norris, I guess. Because they're always outgunned, they're always outnumbered and whatnot. And if you will recall from previous podcasts, their, their basic rules are don't harm first. You know, and they're against um, slaving and rape and things like that. But as far as like common theft and other things that normal police would bother themselves with, they are really not that concerned about because the citizens outnumber them probably thousands to one. Of course, the Oathsworn have a big target on their head from all of the uh, miscreants that are in this realm. But, 
you see by them using the maul, which um, is a is a creature, whether it's a blank, um, you know, like a like a deer or a bear or whatever. If it's a blank, or it could be a regular, you know, alien, like it could be a person, where if you killed it, it would actually have to respawn somewhere. Who knows? But it seems like it's part of the terrain. And this creature basically just eats them over and over again. So if you think about it, by the time that, um, you no one really knows how much time has passed in the ether realm, and it does not move the same way it does in our reality. But, but you can imagine by now, no matter how much time has passed, there's probably at least dozens of people in the bottom of the mall, and they're just constantly in agony and whatnot. Um, they don't really have enough time. As soon as they wake up and reincarnate in the bottom of the mall, they're once again digested with stomach acid and they're in agony and they melt and then they die and come back and die and come back. And um, a lot of people say that just being near the mall is hard to deal with. It's hard to stomach because of all of the screaming and the agony and whatnot. But it just is another testament to how hardcore and badass the Oath Sworn are because, you know, they might put you in jail or they might punish you in some way, but eventually... If you're too much of an asshole, they're going to throw you in the mall. And nobody ever wants to do that. Of course, you know, being that you um, you can't permanently die, people don't fear death as much as they would fear being captured. So being captured and imprisoned in the mall is a pretty terrible thing. And of course, you know, in the past there have been big heists to, from different war bands to try to remove their leader or whoever is in the mall, try to get them out of the mall. But the mall is, number one, guarded by the Oathsworn, and also it's not very easy to traverse because of all the teeth and all the slime and all the... Think, you know, just imagine trying to travel down a humongous esophagus that is coated in acid and mucus and whatnot and teeth. It's not an easy task, even if you're able to temporarily dispatch the Oathsworn. And I just think that's pretty cool. I mean, toot my own horn here, I guess, but uh, I, I really like the idea of that. And like I said, the Oathsworn are definitely feared, and this would be one of the reasons why, because everybody has heard of the Fleshlands, and just south of it is the Mall. So everybody's heard of the Mall, and that would definitely be a deterrent to some people. And that is partially the reason why the Oathsworn are given a wide berth. Anytime they're anywhere, people tend to just avoid them, because you wouldn't want to cross the wrong person, and end up in the mall. I believe that's it for this week, people. I will check you out next week, and thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you for making it to the very end of it. You're such a trooper. I appreciate that. It's tenacity. That's how you get places in life. You listen to the entire Pimp Cron Warhammer podcast, and that is how you get somewhere in life. You stick with me, kids. Go places. Later. Later.